Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7, verse 15 through 22. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Now, I want you to grasp here something here. This is the enemy declaring what God's going to do. <laughs> it's if, if you think God wants you to do something and you think you've got to make it all happen then you're sadly mistaken if you and I will surrender to God and submit to him he'll set the stage he'll get things ready for you you think I don't think I can do anything but uh, I can't make this happen God says absolutely but if you'll submit to me and surrender to me I'll set the stage so it will happen so here's the enemy saying this, these two soldiers. And it, and it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He fell down and he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand and an empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise and watch. Boy, what a kind of leader we need is that kind of person. Hey, just, just watch me. I'll tell you how, but you can watch me. Can people watch you, how you live and how you operate and how you live every day of the week. Can they watch you and see the example of God working through you? This is important to us. When I blow the trumpet and all and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, which is like midnight, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, and they, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army, the Midian army ran and cried out and fled. Then the 300 men blew the trumpets. The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp and the army fled. Out of 145 
thousand or 135,000 men, 15,000 fled, and the rest, over 100,000, were lying there dead in the camp. They killed each other. They, they killed each other. How many believes that God can make something happen where the enemy, and whatever plans the enemy has, God can make it such a moment of time of confusion that that very thing and that very weapon, that very army will begin to kill itself and destroy its... Oh, come on, people. Anybody here hearing what I'm saying this morning? I believe that there ever was a time for God's people to get kind of prophetic and kind of speak it. Why don't we just speak to this coronavirus and just say, now, you just start killing yourself, okay? You just start dying out and dissipating and, and, and get so, dis, so much in, uh, dissipate so bad and kill yourself so that there'll just be a little bit floating away that's going to try and escape, but eventually that gets caught up to and God takes care of them too. Listen, God God's going to take care of this situation. We just got to believe in him and know that he's able to do it. Amen. Can I get an amen out of that? Amen. Somebody online ought to say amen. Go on, put it in the comments. Amen, pastor. Now, I don't know why I started that way except by the Holy Ghost. Going to the start of this account in scripture, the Midians invaded Israel with such a large army that it was described as a as locusts covering a land the Midians invaded Israel with such a large army that the Bible like the Bible says it was a swarm of locusts covered the land they ended up they would take all of Israel's provision their food <coughs> their crops everything and then what they didn't take for themselves they would destroy it so much of the children of Israel or the people of Israel went and they went and hid in caves and, made, and dens they hid out because they were so afraid they didn't know what else they could do but hide out. This devastation ruined Israel's prosperity and the people were starving. Seven long years this went on till finally the people prayed unto God. And when they sought the Lord and they called out unto God, God heard their prayer. And the Bible says God sent a prophet to the land and told the people that he was going to deliver them. As he worked with the children of Israel in Egypt, he was going in the same turn, he was going to deliver them. Circumstances may put you in a place that you don't want to be in, but if you're in that circumstance like there was Gideon in the wine press threshing the wheat. He was hiding out in a deep hole in the low spot in the wine press and doing something that was unusual, uncommon, uncomfortable. Just didn't, it didn't make sense that he was doing that. He was going through that. But there he was hiding out and he was threshing the wheat. Have you been threshing the wheat this week? You believe in God and the word of God that God's going to make bread in the season seems to be that there's a famine. But you see, you and I got to believe and we got to believe and we got to be willing to step out and even if it means we got to go to places we don't want to go to, we'll go there because we believe. 
that God's going to provide bread in the season that seemed to be famine and difficulty. Amen. Maybe you got to swing your arm and maybe you got to do that work and do that threshing, but God's going to provide. God's going to provide. Amen. Amen. The wine press was a deep batter hole. It was a place to crush grapes, but there he was threshing the wheat. It, and, and sometimes God will put you in a place where it feels strange. It feels disjointed and out of place, but keep on threshing. That's why I usually tell someone that talk about their job they don't like and situation they're in, they don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You keep on concentrating on making bread. You just keep on concentrating on working your job, doing your job, thanking God for his blessings, and believe that God's going to make a way and he's going to pull you out of that hole and that he's going to bless you. Do you believe God's going to bless you? So many people are in the season of change right now. They're in a place they don't want to be at and they're uncomfortable. But my friend, don't complain. Don't gripe about it. Just believe your God's going to pull you out of it and he's going to provide a way and he's going to open doors in the change season. Amen. And that it won't get worse. It's going to get better. Because that's how your God operates. It was in that low place that the angel found Gideon. It was in that low place that he then called out Gideon. And he said, he said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. But here it is in Judges chapter 6, verse 13 through 16. Gideon said to him when he saw the, the angel, and he spoke to the angel, and he said, Oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has there still this, all this has happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us to the hands of Midianites? Then the Lord returned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Do you see what happened here? It's something God allows. You can complain to God. You're not going to hurt his feelings. He's beyond that. He's bigger than that. So if you're going to do some whining, then whine to God. Then maybe your whine will turn over to testimony. As you start whining to God, then God can speak to you. Be sure you listen to him when you're whining to him, complaining but listen to what he had to say. And God didn't address those. He didn't go to the philosophic uh, solutions to Gideon of how and why and all this had happened. See, the thing is, is many times we want to ask why. And, and, and when we ask why, we really think we're able to handle the answer if God were to tell us. Isn't that a bit arrogant? Why, God? Almost when we ask why, it's almost as though we're thinking we're as equal to God. God doesn't even address, address the why. He addressed the what. This is what you're supposed to do, Gideon. Go and face the Midianites in the might and strength that you have, and I will deliver your nation. That's what God deals with in the why. He won't deal with the why. Why even ask why? Say, what, God? What is it that you want? If you've got hard things going on in your life, don't ask why. You can if you want, but be sure that you realize that he's going to answer you with the what. Right, right. What you're supposed to do and 
how things are supposed to go and you know what it was Gideon had an OMG problem oh my god oh my god you you know, oh my god now the angel pigeons oh my god you know what are we going to do you know here I thought you said you're going to deliver your people in Egypt like you did in Egypt but here we are still in bondage and the Midianites are still here OMG and then, then not only that, you know, there was the problem was the situation. You know, he had an OMG problem. And then, then when the Lord answered him, then he says, OMG, who am I? I came out of the smallest group of people and clan of the people and we're weak and we're small and, and, who, and I'm the least of the least. And who am I? OMG. Then God begins to tell him, listen, I've called you. And I'll lead the way. That's the thing. Whatever you feel like you're going to do for God, God will lead the way if you'll let him lead the way. Some of you are stepping in a new season of your ministry. Some of you are sitting here wondering, what am I going to do in the future? Why, I don't even know where my ministry is right now. It just kind of sort of faded or something. God is going to show you new things for a new season. He's going to show you things that you'd only dream of. Now's the time for dreams really to occur. The slate has been wiped clean. It's a new beginning. It's a new season. And the dreams that God has given you, he'll make them happen. He'll make them happen. And we find the scripture change begins at home first. Because Gideon went home, went to his father's house. God told him, he said, you go and take that idol set up in your father's house and you take that wood from that idol and you burn that wood. You go and make a, an offering and sacrifice to me and offer it right there in the grove where that idol is and then offer worship and sacrifice unto me. He went and did that. The people questioned. The people were ready to kill him. But Gideon was on the move because the Bible says then he begins the word gets out that he's on the move and he's going so much that then then the crescendo of his moment of his calling occurred for the Bible says the spirit of God moved upon him and he blew a trumpet so everybody would know and sound an alarm why don't we start blowing our trumpets why don't we start sounding an alarm not a dread uh, an alarm of dread but an alarm that the Lord is coming make way make way make the high places low because the king is coming into the town and the king is going to do something about this situation we need to blow our horns and begin to declare and cry out the Lord is is my deliverer the Lord is King and God Almighty hallelujah blow a trumpet and God will raise an army hallelujah starts at home first then after he took care of that then suddenly well you know he's got the spirit huh maybe you and I need to burn up some idols in our homes get rid of some stuff that shouldn't be there because our change begins at home where has God sent us lately he has sent us home he has sent us home some of you say oh my gosh I'm sick of being at home well God may very well have sent you home so that you would decide and say no more idols 
in my life. No more idols in my home. No more foolishness. No more sin. No more of the world. I'm going to accept God. I'm going to offer a sacrifice to God and sanctify my home. Hallelujah. And to all of those who have been saying for years and years, which I believe is a justifiable cause, they cried out and said, there should be prayer in the schools. Well, guess what? We've had a prime opportunity to make prayer in our home schools as we're teaching our children introduce prayer along with education. I know some of you parents have been praying, oh my gosh, I can't know, what is this math? I can't teach this math. I don't understand that. I don't know why I'm going through this. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. How many of you have been praying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he blew a trumpet. <clears throat> and we need to understand this too. God must receive honor and glory. It is never his plan that miracles be placed in recognition of man, but only obedience. God must receive the glory for the miraculous. God must receive the glory. 32,000 men assembled. A great army. Gideon said, I think this might be doable here. We got 32,000 people. And God says, no, that's not the way I'm going to do it. He said, my recruiting system is not like yours. God is raising an army with his specific qualifications. Gideon started with 32,000. God said to Gideon, let, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let those who are afraid, let them go home. Let them go home. I tried to think, what's that all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. Those who, don't, those who are afraid and have lost purpose, and forgotten the purpose of why they're even in the army. Send them home and let them go back home and see what's happened at home. Then they'll understand and realize that it's not at home. All that the purpose is is everything that's happened in the home and the devastation of the Midianites. Then they must have went back home and looked and say, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this devastation, look how bad this is. It's not what I thought it would be, my fear. It's not going to override the devastation of the enemy. It's not going to get my attention more than the devastation that has occurred. I'm going to believe God and I'm going to fight in his army. But he sent them home because when people don't have a purpose and they lost their purpose, they're not going to achieve anything. Because soldiers, when they go to boot camp, they are indoctrinated into the purpose and the cause. Any army that loses the purpose and the cause, they're just not really an army. So God said, just go and send them home. It's okay. 22,000 went home. <laughs> and Gideon thought, well, that's okay. I still got 10,000. God says, you still have too many. I don't want Israel to think that they have done anything on their own. I'll tell you what. A lot of pastors have leaned on the idea, ministries lean on the idea of all their popularity and all their people and everything that it was going to generate more people. Their success was going to generate more success. But what's happened now is as God saying, your numbering system is not my numbering system. 
and that I'm going to raise an army and the way I raise an army may be different than the way that you're raising it. In the midst of trial and crisis, I'm going to raise up an army. But it's not going to be through the successes of man or what man has achieved, but it's only going to be through God. That's why I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for all the mega churches. I'm excited for all the churches in the land. You know why? Because they're going to get bigger. They're going to get more glorious and it's not going to be fashioned by the style and the methods of man. No, it's going to be God saying, I have found an army. I have found a people and I'm going to go out and send them out and they're going to be victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm excited about Rodney Pike. I'm excited about Rodney Pike. We think our numbers generate more numbers. Well, it does in the world's view and the way the world looks at it. More excitement, a synergy. People, people know about what we need. We need Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. We've got to get Jesus-centric and not me-centric. We've got to allow him to be Lord of the house once again and Lord of our life once again, tearing down our idols and allowing him to lead us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, "Draw, take them to the stream and let them drink. Go down for a drink. Now, they all went down to the water. Gideon thought, well, I've got 10,000. There's still a good number there. We could go. And then God said, there's still too many. They went to the water, and how they drank distinguished them. Those who drank with their heads in the water were dismissed, and only those who cupped their water in their hands were to remain in the army. The army changed from 10,000 to 300. 9,200 were sent home. Now, I thought about it. You know, you could consider the various thoughts about this meaning or the reason why God selected these men by the way they drink the water. It could be the difference between someone who maybe, I thought about maybe someone who has their face down in the water drinking. They can't look around what's going on and can't be on alert. And I thought, well, those who cup the water, they're looking around as they're drinking, drinking out of their hand. I thought, well, you know, logically, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. But then I thought, well, maybe God knows something. Perhaps he knows what every woman on the face of this earth has known. You let men be really thirsty, and they're going to dive their face into the water. God knew that there was going to be more who was going to do that than those who didn't. So he said, go on, let them get, get a drink so that he could decide and say the ones that took their hand and began to drink the water, they, they qualified, not the ones that stuck their head in the water and died in. Now, ladies, you were supposed to laugh at that, you know. Because, you know, guys dick, you know, sticking their head down in They come up like a St. Bernard shaking, you know. could be that God knew that most men would drink that way, but he was looking for a people, an army who would do things differently. God's looking for those who are willing to do things differently. Differently from the common. Different from everybody else. You're different. You're different. You've been called. God's called you to do a work in ministry. You're different. That's why he separated you and called you and put you into the army of the Lord. 
What he had in store for his wartime strategy was to have an army that wasn't like the status quo, like everybody else, doing things traditionally, averagely, but those who will do it differently. When you have God and the odds, when you have God, my friend, the odds are never against you. It's a win-win situation. You win. You win no matter what. You win. You win. He said, but pastor, I don't have a job. You win. You have God. I don't have a house. You win. You have God. I got children that are, are rebellious. You win. You have God. Do you see God changes it? If you were just status quo, you'd be in trouble. But with God, it makes you different. And you are different. And you believe in him. And with God, all things are possible. Midianites had 135,000. I'm telling you, the Israelites and Gideon, they didn't have a chance to begin with. Even when they had the full army. Well, when they had the 300 men, 450 Midianites against one soldier. Now, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? But we serve a crazy like God. We serve a God that has no limits. An all-powerful God that can do everything and anything we ever think of. And Gideon probably was looking at the odds. Oh my gosh, I'm afraid. I don't know what I'm going to do. God said, if you're afraid, go and check it out. Go down there and look at the camp. He went down the camp. And now we're at our text. I'll try and finish. He went down the camp and no doubt began to size up the enemy. You ever been that place before where you start sizing up what's against you? Oh, yeah, you sit around the coffee table. Or you sit at the dining room table and start adding up the num numbers aren't adding up. You say, everything against you, everything against you. You start, you start looking at everything against you. But then he went down there and he heard two guys talking. The enemy's camp. Now, I know we sing, I went back to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Okay, that's great, that's great. But Gideon had a song that said, I went to the enemy's camp and I heard them saying what God was going to give me. <clears throat> that's exactly why. I, and I heard them saying what God's going to give me because i tell you what happened. You ever have that clicking moment? How many here have ever had that revelation moment, clicking moment in your spiritual walk? It's like, man, oh man, man. The aha moment, you know, aha! Aha! And there are these two guys talking the most craziest thing. You think somebody had ate the wrong thing before they went to bed, but they were serious about this dream. The one guy said, I had a dream. I had a dream last night. When I dreamed, he said, there was this huge loaf. I don't know if the Midianites were low-carb people, but somehow or another, that large loaf of bread, it rolled through the camp, knocking over tents and everything, this huge loaf of bread <coughs> out of the most craziest things. Crazy, crazy, craziness. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. I would have probably said, well, maybe I had a little bit too much French bread last night. Maybe I had a little bit too much to me crackers or maybe, you know, maybe one of you on a low-carb diet, maybe you've, you had a little bread the night before and then you feel guilty. I don't know. But he says, run to the camp. And then the other guy says, yes. He's cued in on it. He says, well, I know what that is. I know what. That's the sword of Gideon. 
And the sword of Gideon and his army is going to come in, going to come in the camp, going to destroy us. And Gideon's sitting there listening to it. He had an aha moment, something clicked. You know what I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost and God just said, just like a, it, there's just this, there's this an incredible come together moment of your mind and your spirit man. And when he heard that, listen, he fell down. He, at that moment, he began to worship God. Why? Because somehow or another, I believe he was still seeing himself in the wine press. Still trying to thresh the wheat and make the bread. Have wheat for bread, for bread, for bread. But here's the God. And God knew that it was important to Gideon, so he accentuated in the vision a giant loaf of bread. Or else he was telling Gideon that I'm bigger than anything that you would imagine. And I'm going to provide bread for everybody. I'm going to provide victory in your life. And here's the, here it is. Loaf of bread equals Gideon to the enemy. The loaf of bread to Gideon was the loaf of bread equals God. And that God rose in the situation in every situation he goes to the camp. He says the Lord has delivered the enemy into our hands. Then he begins to break up the 300 into three more groups into hundreds. You knew that was a moment of faith, you know. Because numbers used to really matter, but it doesn't really matter when a large loaf of bread's going to roll into the situation. And he says then we're going to grab pitchers and we're going to put torches in the pitchers and we're going to have ram's horn everybody's going to run into the camp and surround the camp and we're going to have us a praise party don't you but where did he get that oh oh, there, there's got to be somewhere in scripture God told him this God, well it's not in scripture but it's in Gideon and I believe it's at that moment when he worshipped at the moment you worship and I worship, we'll get a word from God. And God gave him the word. God gave him the strategy. Where did he come up with this? It's at that moment, that moment, that collision of heaven and earth coming together with him. He realized God has given us the victory. What I like about Gideon is that Gideon is a proof that God can use the weak. God can use the weak. God can use those who are uneasy and unsure and uncertain. He'll still use them. Even when we question, he'll keep on empowering us and he'll give us victory. And so much that when the moment came, they decided, they, when they gathered around and they surrounded the camp, Gideon's hundred started off and they, and they blew the horns and they broke the pots and out came the torches. Do you know what that's all about? God says, I want you to sound and make a sound of breakthrough. That the moment of the breaking of those pots, there, there became the light of the torches. And if there ever was a time for us in the church to have a breakthrough and have a breakthrough moment for the pots to start breaking, this isn't time to stick our torches in a pot. It's time to break the pots and lift the torches and declare the Lord's army. Gideon got it right because he straightened up what the Midianites had said. They said, we know, I know what that is. That's the sword of Gideon. No. No, no, no. They broke the pots, showed 
the torches, blew the horns, and they cried out loud, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. See, that's, that's, that's where I know transformation took place in Gideon. It, 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 he knew it wasn't him. It wasn't the sword of Gideon. It was the sword of the Lord in the front. And Gideon. Thank God for Ephesians chapter 6 that he's fully armored, armored us with the, all the armor put on all the armor of the Lord. And we have a shield and we have a breastplate and we have a, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. We have the peace and the helmet of salvation and on and, and on. And we have all these, these pieces of armor. But do you know what this represents? This represents enemy get out of my way get out how are we going to plow forward by the sword of the Lord and you put your name after it the sword of the Lord and Justin Cleland the sword of the Lord and Mitchell Smith the sword of the Lord and Trent Baker the sword of the Lord you know what I'm talking ladies sword of the Lord and Debbie Moore sword of the Lord and Linda Mayhan. Sword of the Lord and Tanya Sinclair. It's the Lord in the foremost. Sword of the Spirit. Quick and active and powerful. This is how we're going to plow our way through the sword of the Lord. God's word. The word of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. The sword of the Spirit. That's how you're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. Right now, maybe you're watching this. You're in this congregation, in this room. I'm looking for something different. Tired of the status quo. I keep reaching for the past and what we used to have, and I just only end up being frustrated. If you're trying to hang on to what you did have before this thing happened, then you're going to end up being frustrated. But if you look toward the future and anticipate a new day, a new season, fresh oil, fresh anointing, a new harvest, a great harvest of souls, we can't get caught up with ourselves. There are people dying without the Lord out there. There are people who need the word of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to give it to them. We'll lead them to Jesus. That's what it's all about. I used to love watching Mayberry. And I still like watching Mayberry. But there's a whole lot of make-believe in Mayberry. Sunday afternoon church. Sitting on the porch making ice cream. Andy's got his guitar. And Barney's sitting there. And everybody's just. It's just real relaxed and good. Friends, we're in a warfare. We're in a warfare and the Lord's raising an army. He's calling us to be an army. The old traditional stuff ain't going to cut it. We need to take the traditional stuff that Gideon took his father's idol and chop it up, make it wood, and offer up a true worship sacrifice to God. That's what it's all about. This new season, a new time. You believe that? God's going to do something. How many of you believe by raising your hands in, Pastor? God is going to do, God is doing something. He's doing something new me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
the word of the Lord's going to come to you, the sword of, of the Lord, and you are going to go forward. God's going to give you victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just stand with me right now? Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Go on and just worship the Lord right now. If you believe God's taking you to a new season and that the best is yet to come, I want you to raise your hand and just leave it raised and worship the Lord. Okay, just go on and start singing. How great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. You believe that? Just worship Him right now. Hallelujah. How great is our God. 